You know the old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Whether it's getting ahead or building a competitive edge, the people in your network can play a key role in your growth, professionally and personally for that matter. They can supplement areas of knowledge and experience that you might be lacking and they can bring their network and their resources into yours. In the field of skin management and dermal therapy, I think we can further build upon this saying and give it a more modern twist that considers the power of bringing allied health professionals and medical practitioners into your circle and also committing yourself to learning more for the greater good of your clinical offering and the reputation of your clinic, but also of our industry sector. So the saying can actually go, it's what you know, it's who you know, and it's knowing what you don't know. These three categories, we can call them, I feel are of equal importance in developing safe and effective treatment programs within your qualified scope of practice and establishing a patient-centered care model that draws on a collective to achieve sustainable, holistic outcomes that have the potential to really transform the lives of our patients and clients. Just as we have developed treatment programs that involve multiple modalities like chemical skin resurfacing, skin needling, LED, radiofrequency and laser and IPL, just to name a few, the future holds remarkable opportunities to develop treatment projects that draw on the expertise of this collective, complementary practitioners that will offer what will be a compounding value to your client or patient, value that you have been able to bring to the table for your client or patient via your impressive network and your connections. So you will be overseeing your client's desired outcome, leveraging the expertise of other scopes of practice that complement yours. Today, we are exploring referral networks in the field of skin management and aesthetics and how to effectively collaborate with other professionals, because it's not so simple as just Googling a naturopath in the area or a cosmetic doctor and suggesting that your client or patient books in with them because they have good reviews or they seem to have the right experience. Let's be honest, our clients and patients can do these same searches themselves. Building your referral network, it takes strategy and careful consideration. After all, the experience your client has with this other professional that you have recommended can affect your reputation and possibly conflict with the education and treatment approach that you are offering within your business. It takes collaborative intelligence, and this is something that we'll be exploring a little deeper on today's episode. I'm really excited to get into this content. There has never been a better time to integrate some of these principles and strategies into your clinic business and your overall offering for clients and patients. This is The Power of Protons, a pH Formula Australia podcast for skin specialists. This is where you come to explore the always evolving professional beauty, skin, dermal and aesthetics industry. We cut through the hype to deliver highly researched content designed to empower, 
educate and inspire. I'm Danielle Hughes, your host and lover of all things skin. I'm a beauty therapist turned dermal clinician turned MBA graduate, and I'm the proud distributor of pH formula in Australia and New Zealand. It's my pleasure to share my passion for education, skin management, and business every Monday, right here on the Power of Protons podcast. So just before we get into the episode today, I'm really excited to share some news with you that has only been confirmed in the last few days, and that is that Mariona Jimenez, Head of Research and Development at PH Formula, and also the star of episode 12 and 13, if you haven't already listened to the last couple of episodes that we've published, be sure to go back and have a listen to Mariona's episodes. But Mariona will be making the long journey from Barcelona to to the shores of Sydney in March. And we are delighted to be hosting an event for skin specialists to come and take a behind the formulation tour of pH formula dermatological skin resurfacing with a true expert in the field. Mariona will be sharing her passion for innovation, new products that are on the horizon, cosmetic science, and of course, developing unique and powerful formulas that have success across more than 45 countries. Find out more about this event, which will be held in Sydney on Monday, the 4th of March by visiting phformula.com.au forward slash meet Mariona. And I'll also put this link in the show notes for you. I'd love to see you on the day. Okay. So as skin specialists and dermal clinicians, where do we actually start if we are to build a referral network and collaborate with other professionals to achieve a superior client or patient outcome? Certainly historically, it can be a little bit nerve wracking approaching a dermatologist or a cosmetic nurse or a plastic surgeon or a nutritionist, for example. But I feel now more than ever, some of those silos are starting to be broken down and many interdisciplinary uh, professionals are actually seeing a lot of the value that exists in collaborating. But first things first, let's look at what collaboration means in business. So collaboration encourages a shared or what is also known as distributed leadership model and a shared responsibility and accountability between committed professionals to achieve the client goal and hopefully exceed the client's expectations beyond what is possible from just a single scope of practice. Rather than a traditional vertical style management process or hierarchy, shared leadership models support a higher transfer of knowledge and a higher level of care factor, if you like, being that everyone is responsible as a group for achieving success, being stronger and more effective together. Collaboration enables new perspectives and ideas to come to the table. And this is where innovative methods can be developed. Now, it all does sound great, and we love to throw the word collaboration around, but there are some drawbacks to consider. Absolutely, there's a lot of positives. But one of the biggest drawbacks that is not only documented in the studies, but something that I've actually experienced firsthand, and that is time. 
in order to become a tight-knit collaborative community and to be able to disseminate a strong treatment plan from your discussions, time must be committed. Time going back and forth with ideas, time to prioritize which ideas or approaches are best applied to that client or patient, and of course, time to develop the final plan and then execute that plan. There needs to be a working structure for how the plan is developed and evolves during its course. Conflicting opinions and contrasting views can sometimes slow down the process. And of course, those who are used to being the leader can sometimes find it difficult to share the responsibility and to share the leadership of that client or patient's journey there needs to be very clear communication and clear expectations about who is doing what and which scopes are best employed or engaged at certain times of the program to achieve the best outcome for the patient. Time must also be given to debriefs. So reviewing the treatment program and not just at the end, arguably more importantly, during the program itself, any issues that are arising, what's going well, what we can maybe improve upon for the second third or the, the last third of the treatment program. What have been some anomalies that have come up, you know, an unexpected response, for example, and whether the program needs to be tweaked throughout its course. In recognising what collaboration means, the positive and possibly the negative, it goes without saying that we as professionals need to ensure a level of collaborative intelligence is applied into establishing and developing and maturing these interprofessional relationships. Collaborative intelligence relates to the aggregation, the modification, the combination and the application of an expanded collective knowledge base in order to develop these superior solutions to the problems that we're wanting to solve for our clients and patients, to be able to ideate and execute tasks that lead us to kicking more goals as a team. Now, the thing is, sometimes we end up collaborating with other people that turn out to be kicking towards a different goal. So how do you know who to collaborate with? It can get tricky, can't it? Especially when someone reaches out to us to collaborate. It's often easiest just to say yes. <laughs> and it's actually quite flattering I feel as a feeling um, that someone else wants to collaborate with us and align themselves and their brand with what we are doing. You know, it must mean we are having a strong impact in our field. But it may not always be in your interest and the longer term interest of your business and its client base or its patient base to just jump in quickly with an opportunity, a collaborative endeavor. In fact, a collaboration with the wrong fit for your vision and culture can damage your credibility and your reputation and then prove a stumbling block to growth, to be able to lead your clients with education and to be able to deliver consistently on the services, the treatments, the procedures that you pride yourself on. 
So if we take out of the equation that positive feeling that we get when we do feel flattered that someone wants to collaborate with us and that it can be difficult to say no, there are some questions that we can ask. Some of these we will ask the person who's wanting to collaborate with us, but some of them we can actually research for ourselves. And as a note, it will go both ways because when you reach out to someone, likely they will have a series of questions or some kind of structure for determining whether or not it is in their interest to collaborate with you. So the first question to ask, you know, what could be the negative consequences of this endeavor? Is there a risk of downside or is it all upside? What kind of client or patient base has this person built? Do you want to cross-pollinate and possibly attract new clients through that partnership, through their client or patient base? What is their motivation for collaborating? Is it to leverage your database or is it to offer their clients a complimentary service that is outside their scope? Something a little more reciprocal for the clients and patients, as well as the two professional offerings. What is their reputation? What is their qualification? Likely there are more questions that are going to form when you meet this person and discuss further, but this is a good starting point. It's a good series of questions that you can obviously research for yourself, but you can start investigating with them to work out whether it is going to be a positive fit. Is this the year you begin your journey to become a master artologist? At PH Formula, education is our heart and soul. Our state-of-the-art academy, the Art Club, is nestled in Barcelona's historic district, El Born, and it's home to skin specialists from all corners of the globe. Here, the expert education team deliver empowering education to support the journey from skin therapist to skin specialist into a PH Formula certified artologist and finally a master artologist. It is here that skills are refined, advanced education is shared, and professional evolution takes course. A PH Formula artologist thinks like a scientist, applies treatments like an artist, and achieves results like an expert. And in May this year, the PH Formula Australia and New Zealand family will be travelling to the Art Club for a bespoke education program that promises to energise, support professional growth, and enhance our skills in delivering the most innovative resurfacing treatments. If you're interested in joining us, applications are now open. Head on over to phformula.com.au forward slash art club 2024 for more information. Sometimes, as has been the case for me personally on a number of occasions, 
timing can actually be the roadblock. I have said no to some great opportunities to collaborate with peers in the industry because I knew I simply didn't have the RAM. (laughs) I simply didn't have the time or the energy or the capacity at that stage to be able to live up to my end of the bargain, to share the responsibility for the success of the project. And I would hate to let somebody down after I had committed. So sometimes it's not even that you're not aligned. Sometimes you actually can be aligned with this person, but you don't have the time or the energy or the resources or the capacity to be able to contribute what you would need to for it to be an overall success. When we are searching for professionals to collaborate with, I also believe gut instinct plays a big role. Sometimes you just don't get a great vibe, and I'm sure you've experienced this. Taking a step back to see things with a different perspective can help here to recognize what might not be vibing from the conversation and what maybe the red flag is. Aligned values, common purpose, and a climate of trust and accountability is key to collaboration, no matter who it is you're collaborating with. And building your collaborative intelligence muscle assists in being able to have a structure that you have in place for collaborative endeavors. The client or patient must always be the priority. After all, everyone's reputation is at stake. The client or patient outcomes are by far more important than simply expanding your profile and growing your followership through possibly their community. And getting all of this out on the table before any collaboration gets off the ground is crucial. Effectively, it's an interview. It's like a little date or a series of dates between both parties. And it requires a degree of formalization to lock into place everything that we've just discussed, the expectations, the responsibilities, the respective scopes of practice and qualification, and the complementary service offering. And of course, the mechanism by which you're going to refer your clients and patients to each other. Is it just a verbal go and see Dr. Such and Such? Is there a printed document? Is there email communication? Furthermore, how will you share updates and progress during the treatment program? And has your client or patient consented to this? Kuzas and Posner co-wrote the Leadership Challenge. It's a powerful leadership text with five practices that bring about positive experiences and growth in organizations. And here we can look to, I suppose, some academia to help build a framework that can support collaboration and building a strong referral network for your clinic. So the five leadership practices can form a nice base for establishing this interprofessional relationship, but also navigating the various stages of maturity that the relationship progresses through. So the first practice as per the Kuzas and Posner Leadership Challenge book is Model the Way. So this is your initial dating period, your interview style approach to ensuring that who you collaborate with is the right fit for you 
maybe personally, but also your business. So to do this, you'll be identifying what you stand for and clarifying your values. The second step is to inspire, or the second practice rather, is to inspire a shared vision. Find a common purpose. This step may require some reflection of past to determine what the vision is for the future and whether your new professional contact can contribute positively to this vision and whether you're able to contribute positively to what their vision is. The third practice is challenge the process. And this practice can be difficult, especially when those in your network are donating contrasting perspectives and viewpoints. However, this is an important practice to master because it does help to facilitate new opportunities for innovative treatment techniques. Critically analyzing the best path forward, which might be a little different to your historic ways, can be challenging, but it's also where much of the magic happens in collaboration, especially when that other professional can complement your scope with theirs and you can achieve a superior outcome for your patient together, an outcome that you couldn't achieve by yourself. The fourth practice that Kuzas and Posner speak to is enabling others to act, creating a climate of trust through your referral network. This is key in collaboration. Trust is essential. Getting to know those in your referral network, listening to them, their problems, their achievements, their aspirations, getting together regularly in person if possible to strengthen the relationship. And finally, the last practice is is to encourage the heart. So recognizing contributions, being personally involved and creating a sense of community. You may each have different businesses, different teams, and you likely work in different industries, but it is important to celebrate achievements that you have been able to deliver as an interprofessional or an interdisciplinary collective or multidisciplinary collective even. Direct from the leadershipchallenge.com website now, end quote, taking time to connect, engage and celebrate is imperative when creating a spirit of community that not only considers achievement and success, but also the heart. Last year, 2023, the conference programs spoke to the nature of collaboration and building referral network. And I believe that this year's conferencing and education seminars will not be different. I find it really motivating to listen to surgeons and dermatologists and aesthetic doctors talking to the benefits of working with skin specialists and dermal clinicians and other allied health professionals and the benefits that this has had on their clinic practice, but also on what they are able to deliver in terms of patient outcomes. There is a power in referrals and edifying fellow allied health professionals or medical practitioners. In fact, it boosts your credibility and reputation as a leader, the one that is connected, the one that's overseeing the execution of the goals that your client is wanting to achieve. Knowing what you don't know 
it actually should not be seen as a weakness. It should only be seen as an opportunity, an opportunity to either expand on your qualified scope of practice and education base, maybe going back to college or university, studying something new, doing some post-grad, or an opportunity to collaborate with another experienced professional who is specialized in the field that you know will complement and amplify the outcomes that you're able to assist your client and patient to achieve. And on this last point, having a growing understanding of what the other scopes of practice are, what these other complementary industries are that can elevate the outcome for our clients is also important in determining who you want in your professional network and then who is best equipped to offer the complementary procedure or procedures for your client or patient. I really hope that this episode has either cemented how important strategic collaboration is and that a professional referral network not only ensures a modern whole approach to treating skin disorders and obviously assisting your clients with other concerns that they may have, but that it also edifies and and boosts you as the leader and your reputation as the leader who can connect your clients and patients with an expert group of allied health and medical practitioners who share the same visions and commitment to success as you. Until next Monday, have a positively charged week ahead and I really look forward to having your company again soon. Don't forget to click the link in the show notes if you would like to be there on Monday the 4th of March to meet Mariona Jimenez, Head of Research and Development at PH Formula. I'd love to see you there. Bye for now.